This is 8-Bit, episode 45, working on him with it, on Sunday, September 15th, 2013, and now, with more Vidge Guy. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker, with guest Dominic Benedetto. You guys know who Joss Whedon is, right? Yes. No idea. No, oh my gosh, really? <laughs> Director no. of Marvel's The Avengers, right? Yeah, and... Firefly, yes, and the Vampire Slayer, and yeah, okay, Just basically the greatest <laughs> nerd icon ever. Gosh, you you scare me sometimes when you <laughs> give me greatest, crap. No, no, no. I, I think greatest nerd icon could maybe go to someone else like George Takei or Leonard Nimoy. They're all up there. Yeah. Well, I mean, Leonard Nimoy doesn't really like put things out there now the way that he used to. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. not active anymore. Uh, but anyway, it's still so, Leonard Nimoy. The point is, Joss Whedon is one of my nerd icons, and uh, I have this ongoing quest to see pretty much everything that he's ever put his hands on. And uh, my most recent foray into this was Cabin in the Woods. So that was uh, a movie that came out just last year, actually. And I watched it with uh, another fellow Joss Whedon fan who was like, You haven't seen it? How have you not seen it? So I watched it. It was really good. I was I was really worried about being um, you know freaked out because I I tend to freak myself out during horror movies, but it's actually more of a, a movie about horror movie tropes than actually being a horror movie, and it was hilarious. So it's more like a horror comedy ish instead of a yeah. horror horror. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a meta horror comedy. Hmm. Which is funny because okay, um, last year at the beginning of the year, what they did is they showed it um in the arboretum out by the cabin. <laughs> um, and a bunch of people were going like, "Oh my god, it's so scary!" <laughs> hmm. I might have to actually see this one just to <laughs> be able to properly assess it. You will, yeah. And I mean, it's on Netflix and Amazon Prime and all that jazz. So, and I think Sarah mentioned something about wanting to show it to me too. So, boom, I have to watch it now. Yeah. So this is Eight Bit, where we talk about what movies all the time. No. Movies and camps, that's, that's about all. <laughs> I kind of thought that, you know, with a name like 8-Bit, it might have something to do with, what are those called, Vidja Games? Yeah, the Vidja Vidja, V-I-D-J-A, Vidja Games. I, I think that's how it's spelled, yeah. V-I-D-J-A, G-A-E-M-Z, Vidja Games. <sighs> so most of the people listening probably know who you and I are, but uh, we've got a new guest this weekend. Hi. Hey, Miyagi. Who are you? Huh? Who are you? I'm your friend that works with you and Decker. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I just... God, I feel bad for thinking up this so late. So another thing that we could talk about here is cooking things because eight bits is equal to one bite, and I do like me some bites. It's also the terrible puns show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Aren't you proud of me, though, that I know that? <laughs> I'm proud of you, like, Decker. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so Miyagi uh, knows Ian and I from camp. We uh, we all worked together over the summer. Yeah. And I, uh, I successfully got Miyagi into Steam because uh, you you got yourself this nice, how much was it, like $1,300 Asus yeah. laptop? Um, an Asus G75EW about $1,300 laptop. Look at that. He even knows, like, the model number. Yeah. <laughs> That's dedication. Mm-hmm. 
What can I say? Republic of Gamers Edition. <laughs> it's really great. And he still doesn't get the one that I recommended, but oh well. Which I looked you? for it. I couldn't find it. So I told him to get the one that uh, Matthew Ernst had said to get, the Lenovo IdeaPad Y500. Huh. IdeaPad. I actually checked out some um, reviews between this um, Asus and the Lenovo, and they said this one's a little bit better. Oh. I don't remember exactly in which aspects, but it was. Well, so. price-wise, how did they compare? I don't know. Lenovo was like um, 800 bucks, though. Yeah, so. Lenovo was cheaper. So uh, 500 bucks for a little bit more performance. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. technology. On the other hand, <laughs> yeah, I, when when you go with uh, you know laptops, like going below a thousand dollars is kind of a steep drop in in its longevity. Yeah, is yeah. what I've noticed. Um, <sighs> so Miyagi, since you've never been on the show before, we have this very very lengthy interview to put you through, and it's going to be arduous and the worst time of your life. So. First question, how did you get into video games? Um, when I was a very, very, very young boy, um, my older cousins and other family members pretty much threw a controller in front of me and said, start playing this game. <laughs> and I just started playing games. Did they have you at, like, gunpoint or...? Um, no, at, at cannoli point, because, you know, I'm Italian, so... <laughs> get the cannoli out and play this game. Holy cannoli! Filled with guacamole! Yeah. <laughs> in catastrophe? Oh, no, I I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> so, do you remember which system they started you on? Um, N sixty four, I believe. Yeah, um, classic. And then I started playing Atari also around the same time. Ooh. But um, yeah, primarily N sixty four. What was the first game? The first game I've probably ever played. The one that they sat you down and gave you a controller and said, play it. Um, I think it was like Super Smash Bros. or something mm. for the N64. That, that would make game. sense. Good something game. like that. Yeah. I don't suppose that you guys had uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> no. Hopefully you didn't get to play it when you were that young. Oh, my God. Dude, I played that game when I was in sixth grade. I know. <laughs> I was there with you for it, remember? Uh, no, that was with a bunch party. of Adam's friends. Oh. I, well, I played it with them part. first, and then we also had it at my birthday party, I think. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> that was bad. And your parents didn't care. Yeah. At least not enough that they did anything about it, really. Who knows? Anyway, so moving on. What is your favorite genre? Um, my favorite genre is probably going to have to be, like, um, uh, I don't know. I don't really have a favorite. I mean... I like kind of like a fantasy-ish, spacious, kind of like Halo games or mm. other things like that. It's kind of my favorite genre, I guess. So sci-fi? So yeah, I guess sci-fi. Um, how about shooter versus RPG versus platform or adventure games? How about those I ones? Cool. I, I love them all equally. <laughs> He's spreading the love around. Yeah. Sports. Oh! <laughs> 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 now, if uh, you know, if you were the the uh, typical gamer that uh, you know Microsoft is going for, it would be sports and and sports and COD. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually not that big into the sports games. games. I don't know why. I mean, I've tried them. I mean, it might be because I suck at them, but you know, other than that. So on a on a related note, what what is your favorite game of all time? You could just pick one. Oh, only one game. Maybe a game series. 
Um, if I had to choose a favorite game, probably Halo 3, because I loved it and I was amazing at it. And favorite series, probably just be Halo, because I'm one of those kids that grew up on Halo and just loved it. So, yeah. So, oh, are, are you going to have to get an Xbox One, you know, by the time they come out with whatever number they're on now? Five? Yeah. Um... I, I don't know. Maybe in the long run I'll get it. I'm probably not going to get it right away. Um, if anything, get it as a gift or something. Maybe listen to a review on 8-Bit beforehand, you know, see what yeah, other people yeah, think yeah. of it. <laughs> in the meantime, everyone go over to uh, YouTube really quick. I got a song that I got to play for us. Oh, great. And which is this song? I don't Tell know. But there. Click I'm, on the YouTube I'm, app. I'm in the YouTube app. Uh, however, Mr. Benedetto is not yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, Miyagi, in the Hangout, there's a little button that has the YouTube... Oh, I see it now. Thing. There we go. <laughs> All right. Now that we're done with that copyright infringement, <laughs> I think the best part of that was watching Ian singing along to it shirtless. <laughs> Don't yes. forget the dancing part. <laughs> well, that's a given. <laughs> so that was Halo by Beyonce, everybody. We gotta oh, get a quick look. As if anybody didn't too. know. <laughs> Just in case, gotta say it. <sighs> so Ian, I think there's one one more question. Yes. Okay. Um, I said, gotta go. Um, alright. So, what is the game you hate the most, or what game do you regret buying the most? You can answer one or both of those questions if you'd like. I've honestly never had a game that I hate the most. Like, uh, that I can remember of, at least. Um, I mean, I, I kind of never, I don't really buy a lot of games in general either. Um, I kind of just saved my money, you know, like a good kid. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I don't really have any big regrets, I don't think. Wow, how did you manage that? Did I manage not getting any crappy games? Yeah, like, I mean, I suppose you probably had other people suggesting games that you should get first, and I mean, that would probably help. Yeah. Um, well, if there's one game, probably be, um... Probably one of the Call of Duty games, because mm. everybody's like, oh, it's Call of Duty, it's awesome, but then you buy it, and it's the exact same game as every other one. I don't know, so. man. In the most recent trailer, uh, I saw a dog taking down a, a helicopter, so <laughs> clearly <laughs> oh. the next one's going to be the best. <laughs> totally. Yeah, we'll see. 
Um, but the helicopters, they're so big and scary, and oh, I like to blow them up. So we had uh, a little bit of listener feedback from last weekend. Um, if you'll recall, we were uh, we talked briefly about uh, some sea fowl called uh, boobies, and that was a, a good pun innuendo all wrapped up in one. And Andrew Bailey has kindly reminded us that there is an animal called the titmouse. <laughs> wow. I think there's also a bird called a tit as well. I think, is a titmouse actually, no, uh, the titmouse is a bird. It looks kind of like a cardinal, but it's yellow. That's right. Yep. <laughs> you go. Oh, and I, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So the, the plural for it is actually titmice. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Andrew Bailey. You make this show so much better. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> On to the headlines. <laughs> so um, the team behind uh, The Witcher 3, which is, of course, CD Projekt Red, they are teaming up with NVIDIA to show off some crazy fur rendering technology. Uh, unfortunately, it looks so good that the Titan that they were running it on could only push 65 frames per second at 1024 by 768, and there were only two wolves on the screen at that time. And so then when they when they upped it to like, you know, ten wolves, uh it, it was just crawling. Wow. <laughs> and that's on the most powerful graphic single core or single card graphics card in existence. Nice. Job well done. <laughs> I sure I certainly hope that they uh, optimize it a little bit before the game actually comes out. Yeah. Well optimizing things is always good. I mean I um in the uh, most recent Humble Indie Bundle, which will... No, what am I talking about? I got this back in the EA Humble mm. Bundle. Um, I got Mirror's Edge. I was playing through that a little bit this past week. Not not enough really to do a review on it yet, but I noticed that whenever I was just by myself, the graphics were great. Everything was going smoothly, and it's just like... Ooh. Um, but the second that there were, I think, two or more enemies on the screen... Or not even on the screen, just in the immediate area. Huh. My entire computer slowed down. Dang. That's really bizarre. And so when I went, um, and like when I went back, because um, I had to finish the level, I finished the level, and then I went um, and tried to change the settings. The game actually pretty much crashed on me. It got to the point where I <laughs> it was unresponsive, and I could alt-tab out of it, kind of, but not really. Because there was this big black part on my screen where the game was still up, and I couldn't interact with anything around there, but I could interact with things around the sides. And Task Manager was showing up in the middle, which was covered by that big black area, so I just ended up having to restart my computer. Oh, Oh, Mirror's Age. Whenever people complain about frame rates, I always think about Sam Fletcher playing Mass Effect 1 on this ancient, ancient computer, and uh, there's that one part right at the end of the game where you have to get through the mass relay in the Mako, and uh, and he had to point the camera at the ground in order to make it on time and not fail oh. the mission. Jeez. But he made it though, right? Oh, yeah. Good. Good. Job well done to him. Alright. Am I next? Yep. Yes. Oh, hey, look! What? Gosh, that was loud. <laughs> um, there's a new Indie Humble Bundle, um, and it includes everything from Brutal Legend to Mark of the Ninja to Trine 2, with more games to be on their way soon. Ooh, how exciting. Um, 
So right now, um, and when I just checked it actually not that long ago, the average is a little under five bucks. I mean, pretty usual. That's what it generally tends to be for video games. Um, so jump on this opportunity to get some really good games. And it, I think it said that it comes with the soundtracks too. Yes. Yep. Yep. Which is pretty typical for humble bundles as well. Yeah. Well, I was seeing if I had said that up on the up on the notes, but no. Um, it, it does definitely come with the soundtracks, and I've been listening to the Trine Two soundtrack um, while playing League of Legends so much this weekend. It's been great. There you go. I really like it. I'm I'm excited to play Trine Two. It's the graphics look gorgeous, and the music is wonderful so far. And I just... am not gonna get this bundle because I already have, I think, like six of the seven games that there are there, or mm. five of the six, or something like that. Of course. Yeah, nice what, what can I say? I mean, life's so hard when I own so many video games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Assassin's Creed Liberation came out last year for Vita alongside AC3. Ubisoft has taken all the reviews and player feedback from that and are coming up with an HD version for PC, PS3, and 360. They're keeping the same story, characters, and setting, but are refining the gameplay, missions, and visuals. It will be coming out soon. Yeah. I'm I'm really wondering what they're gonna price that at because I think I think it was like forty dollars on the Vita when it came out. Um, and so then I'm not really sure what they're gonna do for pricing on an HD version of you know a game that they've already come out with and you know didn't have to do that much work to to do. If anything, it's just gonna be like one of those movies that they re-released in 3D. Yeah. Probably it's do a little a bit more money. Edition. Yeah, the Blu-ray edition or 3D. They're probably just gonna like have it be a little bit more money, um, just for that. Yeah. So Ubisoft is also announced Assassin's Creed Pirates, which is a mobile game for Android and iOS that is set around the same time as AC4, but it follows a different pirate named Alonso Batia. God damn it. Every single time that I see Assassin's Creed, I always think of the way that I shorten it, and it's Ass Creed. <laughs> and with Pirates, the only thing that goes through my head, okay, Gamer Poop, uh, the Mass Effect one. Uh-huh. Uh, when Ash is on the ground and she's talking to um, uh, Shepard, and she says, you're a damn butt pirate. <laughs> <laughs> you're a damn butt pirate what? You're a, dumb, you're a damn butt pirate, sir. <laughs> See, um, AC4 is actually getting me kind of excited because I always liked the Assassin's Creed games, and in um, AC3, I, I mean, it's been a while since I played, but I think it was like a couple small naval things in there, and yeah. that kind of I liked that a lot. And um, I was wishing there was going to be more, but they never really came. But it looks like in AC4, um, or that's about yeah. like fifty percent of the game, I think. Is yeah, it's like a lot more stuff. naval battles since you're going to be a pirate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, the yeah the naval battles in AC3 were like the only things about the game that I unquestioningly you know just enjoyed. Like yeah. everything else, I had like you know one or two things that I complained about it, but the naval missions were just like, oh my god, I loved them so much. Hmm. I really need to get into that series more than I have. It's a fun series. I've tried right? playing through the first one a couple times, and I've gotten. It's not that I've gotten stuck. It's just that I've gotten sucked up into schoolwork and whatnot. Yeah. So, I don't know. But it's definitely one that I do want to try out because I know that it... or try and get into more because I know that it has a really good storyline so far. Alright. It's really confusing, actually. Hmm. Yeah, there's actually a lot of info. I'm okay with info overloads. I do that every day. Good. Welcome to college, boys. 
All right. Finally, a lawsuit that turned out in not as bad a way as it could have. Back in June, Apogee had filed a lawsuit against Gearbox, claiming that they had not or that they had not allowed Apogee to audit its sales of Duke Nukem Forever. A couple of days ago, Apogee announced that they had dismissed the case without prejudice, meaning that it is gone without appeal. Um, as well as they offered a sincere apology off to um, uh, Gearbox, and and I mean it was it was done and dropped without um, like any money being handed between people. Uh, Apogee just realized <laughs> that they had screwed up a little bit, so we're like, oh crap. Didn't didn't 3D Realms have something to do with this about like claiming that they needed royalties for Duke Nukem Forever, or was that different? I thought I read something about that. Huh. I think that might be different. Okay. Huh. Anywho. All right. A free retro platformer version of Game of Thrones has been released by an indie developer. The game features four levels where you go to play four characters from the series, each with their unique abilities. Go and pick it up soon, as there's a chance that it may uh, that he may end up taking it down in a short amount of time. Um, when I saw this, I got really excited. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, but then again, I love Game of Thrones, so yeah, that's <laughs> that's just me. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself for being able to recognize most of the characters, despite the fact that they're you know little. 16-bit avatars, but just like you know, from the from the situations and you know, like there was that one scene where where there's a little character who's climbing up a, a tower with crows flying all around. I'm like, oh, well, obviously that's Bran. Yeah. I mean, I think it looks pretty fun. Um, I definitely play it. <laughs> What's not to love about retro games? <laughs> What's not to love about Game of Thrones? Exactly. Incest. Well, it gives me a good reason to hate them. I mean, the characters. This is true, I suppose. Alright. Nether seems like it's going to be an incredibly interesting game. It's an MMO survival shooter set in Chicago, which seems beyond awesome. The world itself is massive. It was said on the article that there's very little green space, and the city just goes on for almost... An extent to the point where you can't really explore it very easily. Um, and the thing is, is, it's not just on ground level in a few buildings that you can climb up here and there. No, you can actually go inside the majority of the buildings, and some of them are several stories high with those skyscrapers. Hmm. Um, uh, let's see, you'll be doing crazy objectives that usually require the assistance of other players, all while fighting off various monsters as well as opposing players. Um, so it'll be sort of like a gang wars with the monsters element thrown in and post-apocalypse um, thing thrown in. And I mean, it, as I said, it's a pure, it's a true survival game because it's not just, um, oh my gosh, run around. I mean, there's food involved. You have to do stuff with a certain amount of time before like night hits or day hits. Um, uh, the machines that you turn on to make safe zone, you have to bring people who are actually good with you in order to get those machines up and running because the machines will be noisy enough that will attract monsters. Um, so, I mean, it, to me it feels in a lot of way uh, like a pseudo-simulator for what might happen in just about any post-apocalyptic setting. Um, like zombies, if for some goddamn reason the, the zombie apocalypse does happen to happen, I could see this thing being very accurate where it's people fighting amongst people with monsters thrown in, and they're, they're fighting to try and survive by themselves, both against monsters and other factions. It'll be, yeah. 
Sorry, I've, I, I've talked too much about this. I, I have never heard of Phosphor Games, the guys who are behind this. But yeah, it does sound really uh, interesting. Yeah, it sounds like a fun game. So, here on 8-Bit, we really, really enjoyed the Riddick movies. I mean, you you would agree, right, Ian? Oh, yeah. Dominic, have you seen the, the Riddick movies? I've seen a couple. Uh, I think they're... There are only two, except for the new one that just came out. Or uh, yeah, maybe yeah. I don't remember. Um, I but I so we haven't really had a chance to play the games yet, um, and we should probably get on that quick because a third one is reportedly being made right now. Hmm. So that'll be coming in probably like the next uh, two years or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vin Diesel's been throwing stuff up about it on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and he's super pumped for the movie too. Have I ever mentioned to you that I that Vin Diesel is literally one of my favorite people or one of my favorite actors um, out in Hollywood? Not necessarily because he does a good acting job, but because he's um, uh, he's one of those people who seems like an incredibly genuine and caring pe- person, um, despite being surrounded by all the Hollywood hype and all that stuff. So, so. you're saying that Vin Diesel is people. Vin Diesel is a, Vin Diesel is a real person, yes, and not just fake Hollywood person. I, I would agree. I I actually do like Vin Diesel quite a bit. I think he does a good job, and he's not really a dick like a lot of other Hollywood people. <laughs> so I assume Ian that uh, Neil Patrick Harris still comes first, though. Maybe, because I mean, with a body like body like Vin's. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Hey Miyagi! <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was the best thing ever. That was oh. great. So the next uh, next headline I think is yours. Oh, all right. Um, despite physical tickets having been sold out within seconds of them going on sale, you can still attend BlizzCon over the internet. A $40 ticket will get you access to HD streaming, side conversations that are only available to ticket holders, as well as a bunch of in-game goodies for Blizzard games. Although, as that, although as to what goodies there will be exactly, Blizzard has not announced that bit yet. So um, basically, just go and throw your money at them at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. When, um, is, when isn't that the case, though? <laughs> good point. You know, I, I'm sure that there are a lot of people that are still throwing fifteen dollars at them every single month. Mm-hmm. Not me. Oh yeah, lots of people. I never saw the hype in it, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, to each their own. I'll, 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 I'm fine with my Guild Wars, which is pay sixty bucks once, as opposed to pay sixty bucks at the beginning and then fifteen each time. It's sixty bucks once, and then you're in and you get everything. It's a wonderful game. See, our ghost is excited, too. Look at those weren't, hands. Weren't we going to play, like, RuneScape or something at some point? And... Oh, yeah! That was going to be our summer yeah. project. Yeah. <laughs> going to, but then you guys never, like, uh, talked to me. I we tried. failed. I tried. My home internet was being goofy and weird and wasn't letting me. Mine, too. I actually started playing it. They actually have a pretty decent storyline down. That's and... right. They have voiceovers now. Yeah! yeah. I was so <laughs> shocked! I was just like, wow. They actually stepped it up a lot. 
and like the hilarious thing was, um, I I was talking to Savannah like the day that I went and tried uh, RuneScape out, and I was like, yeah, it's it's made by you know Jagex, who's a British company. She's like, she's like, oh, they're British? I didn't know that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you, you just just look at all the dialogue. You can tell that it's British. And I was, you know, in my head, I was going, haha, because all the dialogue is written out. You know, and it's not really can't really tell accents except for a few spelling things and then and then we started it up and they, and they start talking to us in British accents and I'm like wait what ah! <laughs> I don't remember this that's funny oh oh RuneScape whatever shall we do with you alright let's see um, alright we're here the Oculus Rift a few months ago announced its Oculus Rift VR Jam, where it invited developers to try their hand at developing a game specifically for the Oculus Rift, and that VR Jam is now coming to a close. Um, Twenty finalists have been announced, and the winners will be announced next week. So yeah, we'll definitely have to bring that up next week again. Oh yeah. Yes. I wonder if you could play RuneScape on, a v- on an Oculus Rift. Yes. Hmm. That'd be cool. If only, if only. (laughs) So, do you remember back when the Xbox One was uh, first announced, they had all of those, like, awesome online features and stuff? Like, uh, for example, you could share a, you know, a game with your friend, even if you buy it digitally, and the only catch was that, like, they had to be, you know, it would check, they would make an online check every single hour to, to make sure that, you know, you weren't, like, sharing it with tons and tons of people. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So well, then, then of course, you know, um, they got rid of the online checks, and as a part of that, they got rid of a bunch of the online features, like such as the sharing. Well, Valve uh, has decided that hey, we're just gonna do that. Why not? So they've announced Steam Family Sharing, a program where you'll be able to share your Steam library with close friends and family. So, for example, say you're you've got some uh, you know useless younger siblings who don't make any money on their own, but they want to play your games. Hi there. Sounds like my situation. Yeah, <laughs> you can uh, authorize their computer up to ten computers total to have access to your library of games, and then whenever you know they want to play on their account, they'll be able to play it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but this is even better than like you know just giving them your uh, Steam password because well a they don't have your steam password which is you know security good um, but also they will get their own achievements and they will have cloud saves under their account but obviously you know valve isn't going to let you both play games from your library at once uh, I, w- I would imagine that the publishers would be extremely unhappy about that um, oh, yeah. so the the real owner gets priority so whenever you start up a game um, you know who, if anybody's borrowing from you, then they will get kicked out. Hmm. And it will, will, will they only get kicked out if they if you're playing that same game or if you start no, a game? Period. I think I think it's any game. Period. You can't. Yeah. They can't play a game from your library if you are playing any game from your library. And also, this program won't work with games that have like outside. Um, authorization stuff, like uh, if, you know, the the game requires a Uplay account, so pretty much any Ubisoft game ever, uh, you won't be able to share those effectively because they would need your Ubisoft credentials to play it. Or uh, EA games, I suppose they'd probably do that too. Um, yeah, depending on how old they are, because some of the older ones might just use a CD key. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. I'll, I might actually give Galen access to my library. 
Yeah. Which I'm not sure how happy my mom would be. But. <laughs> Happy birthday! I'm not sure yeah. how many of those games you'll be able to play on the computers at your house. Cause you, you actually got a laptop only... recently. Oh, really? Yeah. What kind? I'd have to go and look stuff up again. I looked it up, and it, it, I think it had integrated graphics, so it's not going to be very strong game-wise. Well, I mean, if it's Haswell, it's good, but it, it probably isn't Haswell because that would be expensive. I think it's Toshiba. What does that have to do with... Has well. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you. Toshiba, disappointing. Yeah. Go for an Asus. Or Lenovo. Anyway. Yeah. So, or build your own. That's the best way to go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Build your own laptop. Yep. Feasible. Desktop. Way to go. Mm-hmm. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So. Um, and should I be lending out my, um, my account to people, I'll also be needing to play other games, so like League of Legends per se. Mm. Um, so the makers of League of Legends, Riot Games, um, a company that honestly in the past has been seeming very, very, very focused on trying to improve the gaming community, period, um... Well, they kind of had to, because they kind of have the worst gaming community reputation (laughs) out there. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose... And I've seen so many stupid people on there. Well, when you get that many people on a game, you're going to run into stupid people. Yeah. I know, I know. It's kind and of I mean, didn't happen. And I mean, I was playing a game just the other day, um, and so I was uh, laning with someone else, and they were I was the person who was the main continuous damage person on our team, and they were, um, they were supporting me. And within maybe thirty seconds to a minute of playing with me, they're like, "Nope, I'm out of here. You're 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 not worth supporting," and went up top. <laughs> Bastards. Yeah, I I still came back despite being against a enemy, an enemy combo that was poking a lot. But anyway, so uh, this but has so, to do with the news because this, <laughs> uh, most recently they released a video with the campaign slogan "Teamwork OP." Right, Nerf now. But don't actually nerf. Um, <laughs> that would be hilarious if they somehow managed to nerf teamwork. I hope not. Um, in fact, really if anything, they're giving it a buff uh, with this video. They're statistically backing up saying that teamwork actually helps um, by saying that like people who cuss at their teammates, uh, rage, and just are all around toxic players to play with actually win less games than people who are like, all right, Let's work together. We got this, guys. Um, and, I mean, I'm not exactly sure how they got those stats together, but they throw out some rather impressive stats looking hmm. at that video. So, I think if they wanted to nerf the concept of teamwork, what they could do is they could just have the chat throw out random text whenever you try to chat with your teammates. <laughs> and it would just not be helpful at all. Skype. All Skype, all the time. Uh, they'd Pretty have much. to take over Microsoft and uh, steal Skype away from them and scramble all your calls. And then we would find... Oh. It's a global conspiracy. <laughs> but then there's also Games stuff like Raid Call and Ventrilo and <laughs> Mumble and... Oh, Google Hangouts. Whoa. Google Hangouts. <laughs> and... Oh, hey, look at that. Whee! <laughs> no Whoever way. thought something like that would appear. A wild Hangouts has appeared. <laughs> Ian used register. It's super effective. 
I'm really looking forward to the time when uh, Google Hangouts doesn't need any plugins to run because that'll just be amazing. Yeah. And then we wouldn't have to, you know, wait for Miyagi to install the plugins because he's never been in a Hangout before. I've actually done it like two other times on Google Hangouts, but it just made me do a bunch of like read new stuff or something. But yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Sorry, I was late. Well, neither of us were on time either. <laughs> it's true. Actually, um, I was working on a lab with uh, with my lab partner, and right before I left, we fig- we found out that there was a portion of the homework that we were working on that was due on Wednesday that we haven't done yet. Oh. So right after this show, I'm going to be running back there and working on him with that. Working, working on him, on with, him that? with that? <laughs> nice. Yes. I can English. <laughs> How I grammar. And English can me. Uh, he fail English? That's impossible. Oh my god. Mr. Putnam used to have that as his login sound. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think that's probably where I got it from, and it just stuck. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I was late. I was... Um, don't laugh at me for this. I was in involved in... <laughs> oh, I didn't say anything yet. Shut up. Uh, keep going. Um, D&D. And it it was at the very end of a session where we were trying to decide what direction that we wanted to go for in the campaign, and it was um, actually a really hard decision to make. So what we just did, our party accidentally just empowered a really powerful being to go back to his full power, and he ends up being an evil deity, basically. Well, Smooth. Yeah. Not my decision. I was not in favor for this, but oh well. What happened is what happened. So we get teleported over to this other guy who's another evil being and whose armies have been going through and what he calls it um, <laughs> purifying life, purging life. Um, uh, so he was fighting for life in the sense that he, he wanted to make it so that the only people who were worth living were the people who were underneath his control. Uh, but so we're for him trying to get this army to go and stop this other evil guy because, I mean, this army is able to take over entire continents. So we're there, and then we set we set out of there, and then we were given the option. We can also, there's a general that we know that was able to actually stand up to this guy in uh, one-on-one combat. Um, so what do we do? Also, the, re- the task that he gave us in order to be able to take his armies was... Um, there was a continent that where their ships were blocking um, his ships from attacking um, this huge metropolis area. Um, so we had to go to the other con- continent and move their navy out of the way. Excuse me, out of the way. Um, otherwise, they would invade and destroy that continent. And are they the Fire Nation? No, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Death Nation. Um, uh, and and that would just be on the way to destroying the southern metropolis area. Um, keep in mind that the continent that they would be destroying, the one that has ships out in the sea and is blocking it, is the uh, home for um, one of the other characters as well as my character. Oh. So it's one of those things where what do we do? Do we, um, do we go and find this general guy uh, and see if we can get him to help us? So it's a chance. It's not a full guarantee, a chance to get him to help us to defeat the guy who just gave us this opportunity to get his armies and go and fight the evil deity guy, or do we stick with the evil guy and fight evil with evil, essentially? Um, but at the same time, nobody comes out on top because both of these evil guys are trying to enslave the world. Slash genocide the entire world, 
whoever isn't under his control. Um, Flappy hands. Oh, yeah, a bit of a debate there on what is right to do and what, what our characters do. And I mean, I'm, I'm playing um, a dwarven cleric that's not lawful good, he's neutral good. So he does what, what is right because it is right, not because it necessarily follows the law. Hmm. Um, so I was voting that we go and find this other general guy and use him to combat the evil dudes so that we don't have two armies of evil people trying to enslave. Because either way, even if we use him and defeat the other guy, we still lose because then we still have this guy to... Yeah. Mm. But think of it this way. If they're fighting and their armies lose some people, it might be a little bit easier to kill that one army that loses. I, I know, I know, but at the same time, it's all that will be left is evil. Yeah. And, and I mean, the other tricky part is if we go inside with this general guy, the good general, there's no guarantee that we'll have an army of our own to go and fight because his entire nation was wiped out. He was the only one that survived. Oh, impressive. So, <laughs> decisions, decisions, decisions. Actually, um, going back to what um, Buck said, Ian, I don't know what you want me to call you. I don't know. We're both Ian, so it gets confusing sometimes. All not, right. not, not for you and me. Hey, Ian. Hey, Ian. <laughs> um, uh, what you said about Fire Nation. Yeah. Did you actually hear or see the new um, Legend of Korra pre so, Yep, funny thing. Episodes. Funny thing is that I haven't actually watched uh, Avatar yet. You haven't watched the original yet? Uh, not yet. Nope. And uh, so Needless, I also haven't watched Needless. Legend of Korra yet either. But Needless I right know, now and go watch it. I know all about. No, I've got to watch Battlestar Galactica first. <laughs> no. No. Avatar. Avatar Galactica can, can wait. I can't keep being all like, "Ooh, let's go watch this." Oh no, let's go watch this because. Then I never get through anything, and so I, this goes Fitment. for my video games as well. I, I've had to put a stop to, on on myself for you know thinking of new things to, to watch until I have finished with whatever I am watching right now. Finman, yes. Avatar is one of the only few shows where I will openly admit that it has made me cry. <laughs> I can remember the parts that you're talking about. No, I, I don't it. tell me. The only la, one in la, particular. La, la, la. Wait, no, I can't cover my ears when I'm wearing headphones. <laughs> um, General Iroh and the picnic for his son. Yeah, I remember that. Um, la, 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 la. I didn't actually watch the um, season premiere of Legend of Korra 2, the two episodes, the one-hour premiere. I actually thought that was uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for the rest. Yeah. A lot of stuff happened. Like, oh yeah. Wow. I was actually shocked. I was like, wow, this is going pretty quick. My roommate was watching him with me, and he was just like, I really hope that they don't do the stereotypical thing and make that one guy the bad guy. Yeah. He was like, oh, I, I wait, mean, wait, like, wait, wait. No, it doesn't look like it. doesn't look like it. And then, nope, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah. Miyagi, I hear that you uh, played some Total War Rome 2. Yeah. Um, I was actually currently playing it before you guys contacted me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you actually have a, a game that can play that at its full potential, don't you? Wait, what? You have a game that can play that? I have a game that oh my gosh! Oh my god! <laughs> you are tired. Holy I don't cow. feel tired. I, it's just the the You're acting the, tired. The mouths are getting mixed up in my word. 
I did, yeah, that, I one did that one on purpose. purpose. I did. <laughs> it, it's not as bad as when I try and do them on purpose. And then you do it regular anyway? <laughs> were you yeah. with me when I did that? Uh-huh. <laughs> Except I think that was, you were trying to do the thing where you mix up the first letter in the word. Yes. Yeah. So I had said, uh, I said um, a spoonerism by accident. Ah, so I tried to repeat problem. it. And instead of repeating it, I said the actual one. <laughs> so uh, how is how's that game? I love it. I think it's so cool. Um, they um, they really did a good job on like all the minute details in the game. So like when you're doing battles now, you'll see a bunch of random birds flying around, a bunch of random deer and stuff running around. And you know, when you're in the forest and things like that, wild horses. Um, they did a really great job. Um, tactics and stuff about the same from any other game from any other the Total War games that I remember. Um, and of course, you know the Total War games are a mixture of uh, turn-based and real-time strategy. Yeah. Yes. Um, turn-based in like the bigger layout because in the bigger layout, uh, for those who haven't played. Uh, any kind of total war game, you're pretty much choosing where your armies want to move, um, pretty much who you want to trade with, who you want to have diplomacy with, who you, where you want to send a spy or something, and then there's the real time strategy where you're doing a battle and you're there's your side and then the enemy that wants to kill you, and you have to strategically place your people, um, make sure you cover the flanks and stuff, and um, kill them. Or How rude. Whatever. Yeah, how, how rude. rude. You want to attack me. How rude. But, um, how yeah, rude. it's a fun game. I love it. How many of the other Total Wars have you played? I played Rome 1 a little bit. Um, I have Medieval Total War 2, or Medieval Total War also. And then um, I have Rome 2 Total War. Okay, so, so did they, how, what kinds of things did they improve on from the older games? Um, Aside from graphics, obviously. Yeah. Um, they just pretty much changed up the diplomacy in Rome 2 from Medieval Total War. I'm going to base it off of Medieval Total War because that's the last Total War game I played. Um, Medieval Total War, they changed the diplomacy uh, a little bit and the trading. Um, they didn't really change much, actually. Um, it's pretty much the same games as before. Obviously, revised graphics and um, turn-based strategy, things like that. Um, new scenario, but yeah. I hear that there are the naval battles uh, can be on the same map as a land battle now. Is that true? Yes, actually, um, I had one of those encounters um, earlier. I was attacking a settlement, and um, they uh, I was sending in reinforcements by sea, and um, I had people on land also, and they had some ships in the out harbor. There? Huh? <laughs> Were there two lanterns out then? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, there were. Um, but um, they had actually a couple of um, ships in the harbor, and I had my fleet outside. And I was literally running a land battle and a naval battle on the same map at the same time. So there were three lanterns out. Yes. Oh, it was three if by sky. Yeah, three if by sky. What are you talking about? Well, then how are they supposed to differentiate if they're land and sea? You don't. By that time, it's just a Charlie Foxtrot anyway. <laughs> but yeah, um, I did like I did enjoy the naval battles because um, you actually play to the naval battles and stuff, unlike some other Total War games. Um, but yeah, 
strategy, strategy, strategy. Too bad you can't take control of the ships the way that you can in Assassin's Creed. Yeah. That would be sweet. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's a so fun game. The um, I know that you know in real life, you know in in ancient Rome, there was a, a lot of uh, terrible politicking going on and backstabbing and uh, you know families trying to. I mean, it's basically like Game of Thrones in real life. Oh God, yeah. yeah. You're talking <laughs> so, about classics, major. Oh God, yeah. How how much <laughs> of that was in the game? Um, from what I um, so you can choose like different generals or people to command certain like armies or fleets, mm-hmm. and um. You can have different houses, like there's a house of Julia, and there's another house. There's two other houses. I don't remember the names at the moment, but um, it's pretty much um, whatever your house is um, has more power, or if you have more um, members of that house, they have they obviously have more power, and they have a couple of better benefits that can benefit your um, whole empire, something like that. Um, I didn't actually look too much into that. I just kind of chose a person that had good qualities mm. and put them in my army. So you didn't you didn't like, I don't know, send somebody from a rival family to their death, you know, on a suicide mission or anything? No. Not that I can remember. Well then you're not playing the game right. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'll have to play the game right then. All the backstabbing, but you gotta be careful with it. Gotta do it just the right amount. If you do it too much, you get noticed. If you do it too little, you don't get no game. And yeah. if you get mad at somebody, you have to write an angry Latin poem about them. <laughs> yeah. I can help with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. I'm set. They actually added a couple of um, historical battles into the game. Ooh. Yeah. Um, they're, actually, I can possibly try to pull it up. I don't remember the names, but... um. I don't suppose it was against, against Carthage, was it? No. Um, that makes sense. It, that would be the, the typical one that you would think of. That one or the Gallic Wars? Yeah, it was um, against some Germanic tribes. Oh, I remember. yes, I remember, I remember um, seeing this one before the launch. Yeah, they were like walking through the woods, and then there's a huge ambush because um, actually the Romans had a um, what was it? A crap, I don't remember. It was like a helper person, and like a guide. Yeah, like a guide, and they were Germanic. Like a second Julia. second Julia. Yeah, pretty much. And um, she actually betrayed them, or he, I don't remember. And, Touching! Um, <laughs> but they, she actually betrayed them and pretty much led a bunch of Romans to their death. There's actually a movie based off of it, too, from what I remember. I think it's like called Centurion? I don't know. Check that out. It's an older movie. It but. definitely wasn't Gladiator. No, it was not Gladiator. <laughs> Yeah, I remember seeing uh, a little thing on that mission, and there were there were like flaming tar balls that were rolling down the hill towards yeah. the road that the Romans were marching on, and it looked terrifying. Welcome to ancient war. <laughs> so Miyagi, how how much would you recommend people spend on this game? Sorry, what? <laughs> how how much money do you think would be reasonable for somebody to spend on this game? Um, I would say. 70, 75 ish. It's wow. worth about 60. Okay. Yep, yep. So, I mean, it's not a whole lot more, but um, from what you do get with it and all the stuff with it that it comes with, I would probably spend that 75 ish, maybe. Or 80. And, and I bet you're going to get your money's worth out of it because you've already played like over 12 hours of it. Oh, yeah. 
it's it's a fun game, and um, they actually have an expansion already out, uh, the Greek expansion pack, so you oh, can yeah. play as Sparta, and I'm gonna get that probably in a little bit. I don't know, but um, that looks pretty fun. Um, yeah, and there's gonna be more expansions to come. I'm pretty sure. Speaking of pricing, um, <laughs> this game has like the the oddest price because most games on Steam are you know something something ninety nine cents. Yeah. But Total War Rome 2 is $59.95. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're undercutting all of those other $60 games that are coming yes. out right now. <laughs> Definitely. Four cents less. And I thank them for that. <laughs> so over the last week, uh, I played Amnesia, The Dark Descent. <laughs> and I, I had actually played uh, about an hour of that game two years ago. And... Uh, and I encountered the enemy once and uh, scared myself pantsless and uh, <laughs> hid in a closet. And and then I, I you know, after the, the, the monster went away, I, I kind of, you know, shut off the game and promised myself, okay, I'm just going to take a, a short break. I'll come back to it later. It's, it's, all, it's all good. I'll, I'll play it more tomorrow. And then I didn't play it ever again until this, this week. <laughs> um, so basically, Amnesia the Dark Descent is the scariest game that you will ever play. And uh, I said that two years ago, and I'm still saying it now. Unequivocally, that's a word, right? Yeah. Yeah. It pretty much, yeah, just terrifying. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I actually bought um, the second game, and I'm going to hopefully play enough of it to review it next week. Um, you did finish the first one, yes? Yeah, I finished it actually yesterday evening. Which ending did you get? Because I know there's multiple. Um, I got what you could call the good one. I mean, you know, it's all a matter of perspective. Um, but uh, I, and I, and I did go back and like do each of the different endings because I wanted to see what would happen with each ending. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so Amnesia is a first-person game. You you're playing as Daniel, uh, who wakes up in this uh, Prussian castle, and he doesn't remember anything, hence the name Amnesia. And, uh, you know, so you, you wander around for a little while, and uh, pretty soon you find this letter that Daniel wrote to himself. And it kind of ex explains the situation. And... and uh, Know that I forgot. That I chose to forget. Yeah, it... <laughs> that kind of freaked me out. Um... So basically he just tells you that there's this guy, Alexander, he's the baron of the castle. You have to go down to the inner sanctum and kill him. Mm -hmm. Cheerful, you know, because he's a bad man. Uh, trust me, he's a bad man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so basically you're just tr trusting your former self here. And uh, he says, simple as that, you know, he's old and weak and, you know, you're young and strong. It's not going to be a problem. Oh, but by the way, there's this shadow that's chasing you and you can't fight it. And I've tried everything that I could do to stop it and I failed. So you, you just kind of have to run away from it and avoid it, and good luck, go on, yep, cheerful stuff. <laughs> and so throughout the game, um, you know, you, you're running away from this thing, and, like, the, the, sh the shadow is, like, slowly breaking down reality around you, and it manifests itself as these monsters that, are, uh, that you encounter every once in a while. And the other thing about it is uh, if you spend too much time in the darkness... You your character will start to lose their sanity, and then you really can't trust like anything that he sees, and uh, so you really you have to manage uh, you know the oil in your lantern and uh, the tinder boxes that you have to light up the area around you, because if you go insane, I mean 
you're screwed, right? Pretty much. Um, so the only way to get your sanity back is by progressing through the game, is to just keep going and, uh, you know, solve puzzles and stuff. And um, in a game like this, I mean, I was, I was like, completely immersed. Oh, and by the way, I totally recorded myself playing a few times, and I've got some pretty good footage of myself freaking out. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'll post it on YouTube later at some point. Deal. Um, so after I post the the video of the hypnosis thing, um. <laughs> yeah, we forgot about that. I'm so bad. <laughs> you still have to do that. Um, but yeah, so normally I wouldn't have gone like exploring at all. I would have just like taken the most direct route that I could find to get to you know the inner sanctum and and just finish it and and just so I could be done and not have to worry anymore. But the game. The game forces you to go and explore like every single room in this game in order to find the pieces for different puzzles that you need. And oh, you don't want to. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Mommy, do I have to? The 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 thing about this game that is scary is not like jump scares and like you know having limited ammo or things like that. Um, you don't have any ammo. You don't have any ammo. Yeah, you can't fight <laughs> it at all. <laughs> but the, it's scary through the atmosphere. You know, just the sheer act of walking around in these hallways is just, it like my shoulders were tense like the whole time that I was playing. And after I after I finished one session, I like I couldn't like my arm just was like sore from from holding the mouse because I was hold, gripping it so hard. <laughs> and <laughs> And it's not like even when there's no enemies around, you yeah you just you're worrying about it because you don't know if there are going to be enemies around. The game is dynamic that way in that the enemies are on a random track in a way you're not sure Semi- where semi-random you're going, I would say semi-random, yeah yeah but you're not sure where you're going to encounter them and where you're not yeah and also I have a video to show you once we get to the fringe okay um. Also, so this game, it was only, I think, seven and a half hours long. That's how long it took me to finish it this week. Um, but I'm kind of glad that it wasn't lo- longer than that because um, by the time I got to the end, I was, you know, kind of starting to see the mechanics behind the game um, and I wasn't able to immerse myself as much because I was, you know, I was actively going, oh, well, you know, that that light source is so far away, I can just, you know, sprint there and make it and not lose any sanity. It's all good, you know. And I was doing it cold and calculated instead of, you know, actually worrying about worrying about things. <laughs> so that's what your brain does in a panic situation. All right, we know this now. <laughs> you can go into logic mode, I can do freak out mode. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, my mouth still freaks out, so it's okay. <laughs> no, the the actually the video I'm going to show you will render this game not scary. Oh, great. I mean, it's not quite as good as Julian helping Julian Teeple telling you to sweep the floor with broom. <laughs> sweep the floor, sweep the floor. <laughs> um, yeah, so this game is definitely worth its twenty dollars price point. Um, I recommend you go and get it. Of course, if you if you you know are the kind of person who doesn't like watching horror films, this is probably not the game for you. Oh, but if if you just love immersing yourself in you know other worlds, this is perfect. This is about as good as it gets. The machine for pigs. Looks we'll like find out about that old, next week. In an old factory. I'm looking through some of the screenshots right now. Yeah, so Machine for Pigs is set, I think, later in the 1800s, and uh, 
in London instead of in Prussia. Mm. The year is 1899. Wealthy industrialist Oswald Mandis awakes in his bed, racked with fever and haunted by dreams of a dark and hellish engine. Tortured by visions of a disastrous expedition to Mexico, broken on the failing dreams of an industrial utopia, racked with guilt and tropical disease, he wakes into a nightmare. The house is silent, the ground beneath him shaking at the will of some infernal machine. All he knows is that his children are in grave peril, and it is up to him to save them. So, sounds like a typical Monday morning. <laughs> Let's see. So, Machine for Pigs only got a 72 for meta score. Let's see what Dark Descent got. Dark Descent got 85, so... Well, you know, they don't uh, they don't put our reviews up there. This is true. It's such, such a shame. <laughs> well, they'd probably have to change the price tag if they did. <laughs> Miyagi, that would be terrible if, if you know, uh, um, Paradox just, or, who, no, not Paradox, whoever makes uh, Total War just suddenly went, oh, he thinks that it should be $70, let's change the price tag to $70. You know, I wouldn't care because I'd already have it, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I wouldn't be thanking you. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, this week uh, we have a couple of notable new releases. Uh, Arma mm-hmm. 3 launched after being in a very, very long alpha and beta period. Mm-hmm. And um, also this next Tuesday, which is the, what, 17th? Yeah, 17th of September, Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. 5 is coming out, which I, mm-hmm. I hear people are looking forward to that. Well, part of that's because it has, out of all any and all video games so far, it has the biggest development budget, period. So I know really? that... Yeah. Wow. I mean, I know that throwing more money at things doesn't necessarily make them better, but it gives them more of an opportunity to. to be and better. Rockstar Games has come out with some really Rockstar games. So. <laughs> nice. Well put, sir. It, it was there. I couldn't help it. <laughs> so, hey. let's oh. see. So next week, um, yep, I'm planning on reviewing Amnesia, A Machine for Pigs. Ian, what were you playing again? I was doing a little bit of Mirror's Edge. I can see if I can ah, finish yes. that up by next week to get that. And I'm playing Rome Total War 2. <laughs> and, hopefully, um, I've talked to her about this, and it looks like she might need a little bit of um, convincing, though she had thought that for some reason we went to an actual studio and recorded it, because when I messaged her, she said that she thought that she would have to dress up for some professional-looking thing, because we were going to be in a professional-looking place. Because <laughs> I responded, I'm shirtless. And I'm right now. I mean, we've been in the actual studio and been shirtless before. Oh, yeah. And, and Ryan was thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> no standards. None. <laughs> I don't know. We could be naked. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll wait until we've been around for like five years before we do that. Because well, then we'll have known each other for like forever. Well, you mean we haven't? I was making a reference to that, like, I know, what, 25-year-old? Yeah. Yep, 25 years. <laughs> well, we'll also be out of college by then, so we should have our own apartments. So we might not actually ha- be sharing a room with anyone, so we could be naked. Mm, yay! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, unless you're living with Kaylin in five years, which would, honestly, that'd be cool. That would be cool. In which case, I'd hope she wouldn't mind seeing you naked. I hope not. <laughs> anyway, but we might have um, the wonderful Sarah Quinn as our guest for next weekend. So, oh yeah. So this has been Eight Bit, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ian Buck. I'm Ian Decker, and I'm 
Miyagi. <laughs> Peace out, Girl Scouts. Dominic Benedetto. Yeah. Yes, of course. You did the title last time. I did. I, I already confirmed that. Oh. I didn't hear that! <laughs> I said that's definitely my voice. Okay, good luck. Whenever you're ready. So am I doing it, or are you doing it? Yes, and I'll, I'll mute the us. us, and I thought that I had accidentally broken everything. <laughs> 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 Matthew, go... <laughs> <laughs>